Football News. Welcome to the Golden Black Radio pregame show as we get you set for Saturday's kickoff. Now here's your host, Kyle Charter. Purdue heads to Iowa City trying to even its record following a victory last week, a convincing one over Illinois. We'll preview the matchup versus the Hawkeyes on the Golden Black Radio pregame podcast. I'm Kyle Charters, Tom Deanhart, Brian Newbert, and Alan Karpik here as well to break this one down. Tom, it's a Hawkeye team that seems a little bit vulnerable as they welcome in Purdue. The starting quarterback is injured. They'll go with the backup this week in, in Deacon Hill, who did get a little bit of experience last week. But, man, with some of the injuries uh, that Iowa has here, it feels like this is setting up for Purdue to be able to go over there and, and sneak a victory. But feels like and reality sometimes is a little bit different. Yeah, it seems like Iowa always finds a way to win these kind of games ugly. That's it's almost their 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 their, their template, right? Under Kirk, Kirk Ferentz, at least the last ten or so years, they beat you on defense and special teams, and they may have to do that again on Saturday if they want to beat Purdue. Um, because you, Kyle, you alluded to the injuries they're dealing with on offense. Obviously, quarterback uh, McNamara is out. They got Deacon Hill, a six foot three, two hundred fifty pound kid, starting for the first time ever. Offensive lines banged up. Uh, I know some of the running backs have been hurt. Their best tight end, Luke Lachey, is out for the season already. So, yeah, they're compromised. Uh, probably going to be a slugfest, low-scoring game, Kyle. And, and again, could, get, could come down to defense and special teams for both of these squads on Saturday. Yeah, it could come down to running games, too. And Purdue feels pretty good about its running game right now, maybe as good as it has felt in in a long time with Tyrone Tracy Devin Mockaby and, and Dylan Downing mixed in with the quarterback Hudson Card. Uh, you know, this is trending the right direction for Purdue. It does not seem like it's something that will just suddenly go away. The running game has been solid, and it seems like Purdue has found something uh, to lean on here a little bit offensively, and we'll try to do that, I'm sure, again against Iowa this weekend. Yeah, probably the strength of the offense, and how often can you say that about Purdue's offense in the last – 20, 25, 30 years. Um, I think they've ran for over 194 yards the last two games. Uh, and again, the trio of running backs, you know, Tyrone Tracy, Devin Mockaby, Dylan Downey, you know, they all are very capable. And uh, the line's gotten a little bit better now that Gus Hartwig has been back for two games at center as well. So, yeah, as you know, Kyle, you've watched a lot of football. Anytime you can run it, you have a chance to have a pretty good offense, and, and Purdue can certainly run it, I think, uh, three capable backs. And don't you think Kyle Tyrone Tracy is going to be a little extra motivated here going back to Kinnick Stadium where he played for four years, playing a new position with a chance to sort of show the old Iowa fans what he's all about now running the football. Yeah, you just hope he's not uh, over-amped for that game, but certainly he'll be, uh, he'll be ready to go. Purdue should be ready to go. The Boilermakers played well at the victory against Illinois last week now it was illinois and we're not sure that the fighting illini are the same kind of team that they were a year before but a win is a win and a convincing win at that purdue has to feel like you know a lot of those issues that it had especially in the two previous weeks uh it was able to clean up against illinois yeah the penalties um the turnovers Purdue's done a good job of getting that, or did a good job at least last week of getting that stuff cleaned up and and went a long way toward helping them have that resounding 44-19 win. Uh, so that was encouraging if you're a Purdue staffer, obviously. And, um, 
Yeah, you know, defensively too, Kyle, I asked Ryan Walters on Monday, because to me it looked like they were much more aggressive with the defensive calls. And they, I, they, he, he agreed with that. They certainly were. And I think they're going to come after Deacon Hill, try to rattle him, get under his skin, force some mistakes and hit him, make him think about what he's doing back there. And um, as you know, one of the big storylines coming out of that game last Saturday, of course, was Ryan Walters' decision to move both of his coordinators from the field to the box. And it went swimmingly, right? And, and that, 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 that arrangement is going to remain the same in Kinnick Stadium. Graham Harrell and Kevin King in the box and their eyes in the sky on the field and Ryan Walters signaling in the defense. So give, give Ryan Walters credit for trying to, to jumpstart this, this program that was in sort of that one and three funk to start the season. Yeah, now you got a little bit of a makeup game of sorts here against Iowa and, and perhaps a similar one at Nebraska here in a few weeks as well. In that, you know, maybe you're a game behind where you thought you would be at this point of the season. However, perhaps there are a couple games, including the one on Saturday, that might be a little bit more favorable of a matchup than what you anticipated before the season started. And isn't it funny when you look at these schedules in August, uh, we circle games, you think, oh, Purdue's going to win that game really easily in games you think they're going to lose. And <laughs> yeah. how, how those changes the season continues to morph and develop and the storylines unfold, and you're right. This game in Iowa and the game at Nebraska certainly don't look quite as daunting as they did in August. So you're right. This is a month, but there's only three games, Kyle. The other one's, of course, Ohio State, and then they have an off week on the 21st. This is a month where you can, can make, make good on some of those losses they had in September at home. So if they can get, at least get one win in Iowa or if they can win in Nebraska, that's, that, again, that would make amends for losing to Fresno State. And uh, in Syracuse, uh, they got to get one of those back. Who knows? Maybe, maybe they win both of them. So you don't want to get ahead of yourself, but certainly you got to like produce chances now more so going to Iowa City and Lincoln than you did back in August. Yeah, for sure. All right. So injury situation for the Boilermakers. The one this week that's sort of new that we've been keeping an eye on is that injury to Max Clare, uh, the tight end, young tight end who has done a good job for the Boilermakers. Don't want to say it came out of nowhere this season. I don't, I don't think that's necessarily accurate, but clearly uh, as having a good year, uh, sort of filling in as Garrett Miller rounds back into shape. Anything new uh, with the uh, redshirt freshman tight end? No, I've not been able to, to really get a read on uh, on the extent of his injury or and, and the duration of the time he'll be out, if he'll be out at all. Um, so again, I'm not sure about about old number 86, but you're right, Kyle. The redshirt freshman has really been a revelation this year. Forced to play a big role early while Garrett Miller was still coming back from that knee injury he suffered way back in August 2022. So, um, you know, I guess even if he can't go, you have to like the fact it does look like Garrett Miller is starting to maybe turn a corner a little bit. He caught the touchdown pass last week, looked good. And, uh, you know, Drew Bevers giving him some quality minutes, too. So even, even, even if for some reason Claire can't go, uh, they certainly still have a great weapon. And, and Garrett Miller looks like maybe he's finally ready to be full go uh, after, again, sort of sort of taking the easy, I think, that the first month of the season here. This is Golden Black Radio pregame show for uh, Purdue and Iowa over there in Iowa City. 3.30 Eastern time uh, kickoff. Um, let's get a forecast for Iowa City for Saturday afternoon. We'll do that here in just a moment. Plus, Brian Newbert coming up, get his perspective on the Boilermakers as we turn the calendar over to October. Alan Carpick will be here as well, and then we'll 
rejoin with Tom a little bit later, talk some matchups and get our predictions on this one as well. All right, you're listening to Golden Black Radio. Hello from News 18. I'm Storm Team 18 meteorologist David Seipel. The Boilermakers are heading to Iowa City to take on the Iowa Hawkeyes with a kickoff time around 3.30. If you're planning to take the trip out west, morning temperatures on Saturday will be fairly cool. Temperatures will be in the upper 30s and low 40s in the morning. No rain will be expected for the game, so expect a mostly to partly sunny day. Noontime temperatures will be near 55, and by kickoff expect highs in the upper 50s to around 60 degrees. Winds may be a factor during the game, with gusty northwest winds up to 20 to 25 miles per hour. Temperatures then drop down into the mid to lower 50s by the evening hours. Overall, the weather will definitely be fall-like for Saturday's game. From News 18, I'm Storm Team 18 meteorologist David Seipel. Boiler up, hammer down. Designing and building since 1968, TNW has changed the way people think about construction. TNW's three-stage approach to designing and building is unmatched throughout the construction industry. Learn more about TNW's people, passion, and projects at TWDesignBuild.com. Experience unparalleled comfort, service, and cuisine at the Whitaker Inn. This Midwestern oasis is perfect for a relaxing staycation or weekend getaway. Escape from the ordinary at the Whitaker Inn. It's time to break it down as we go in-depth about Purdue's opponent. Hey, we're pleased to have Tom Kakert, longtime Iowa Hawkeye media member, part of the On3 Network, HawkeyeReport.com. Tommy K., hey, man, give, give our listeners just a sense on what we can expect to see from this Iowa offense on Saturday. It sounds like there could be some questions. There will be some questions. Um, you know, the biggest news was in the first quarter uh, against Michigan State, uh, quarter, starting quarterback Kate McNamara went down with uh, what appears to be a pretty significant knee injury. Uh, obviously, he's going to be out this week, probably out the rest of the season. They have not announced as of now an official diagnosis, but most believe it's probably a torn ACL. So um, uh, he'll be out for the year more than likely, and uh, Deacon Hill takes over, and he's um, the kid who was at Wisconsin, and and uh, you know he's uh, was going to head to Fordham to play, and um, Iowa lost another quarterback, Carson May, so they uh, quickly kind of rebounded and, and got Hill to to come in at semester, and he's actually done pretty well. He's got a big arm. Um, you know, bigger kid. I mean, he's six three, like two fifty. So he's a he's a big kid and uh, big arm. And they're also, you know, offensively. It, talking to Coach Ferentz after the game, it it sounds like their top two running backs will still be out for another week. Both are nursing. Uh, I believe I know at least one of them is a high ankle sprain with uh, Caleb Johnson who ran for 200 yards last year against Purdue. Um, he's going to be out more than likely and so will uh, Jazzy Dean Patterson who had a really good game against Iowa State early this year. So it would be LeSean Williams um, probably leading the, the pack there along with uh, true freshman Kamari Moulton and another true freshman Terrell Washington. And they were also without one of the best receivers, tight end Luke Lachey, who's done for the year with a broken ankle. So he's um, – so they're – 
Eric All, who transferred in with Cade from Michigan, and uh, Nico Reggini and uh, Seth Anderson and, and Deontay Vines and Caleb Brown uh, along the uh, along the receiver room. So I was pretty beat up on the offensive side, and one of their starting guards, uh, uh, Nick DeYoung, left the game and was replaced by Connor Colby, who was held out of the game and was just kind of an emergency fill-in because he got dinged up at Penn State. So as uh, as Hayden Fry would say, a lot of walking wounded in Iowa City. <laughs> That's a mash unit, Thomas. So, hey, the defense, um, always, yeah. uh, always, Iowa always hang his hat there. How's, how's that unit looking? What can Purdue fans expect from that Hawkeye defense? You know, they had probably their most typical Iowa performance on Saturday, where they created four turnovers, had three interceptions, um, and um, were able to create some plays. You know, Cooper Jean had an interception, uh, and uh, um, Sebastian Castro had his second interception. Jamari Harris sealed the game with an interception. So, and they had one forced fumble as well uh, by uh, Virginia transfer Nick Jackson, who's coming at linebacker. Uh, but Iowa's, you know, they're giving up more yards. I mean, Michigan State had almost 350 yards of total offense, which is pretty high for uh, an Iowa team to give up. And, and last week, uh, you know, Penn State ran for over 250 against Iowa. So they are pushing the boundaries of bend but don't break. They're, they didn't give up uh, a lot of big plays yesterday. They didn't give up any plays. You know, they got whitewashed at Penn State. The longest play for Penn State was 14 yards. So they're they're limiting explosives, counting up the turnover train. Here's an interesting stat for you about the Iowa defense. They have zero sacks against Power 5 competition so far this year. Interesting. So uh, that is uh, kind of a stunning stat when, you know, a team that's regularly in the 30s in sacks uh, has, has gone bagel against uh, Iowa State, Penn State, and now Michigan State. All right, Tom, how do you see this game unfolding? Kickoff 2.30 Central Time, Peacock. Uh, sounds like maybe Sounds like maybe you think this could be a toss-up. Yeah, I do. Uh, I think this is a, a real toss-up game. Uh, I, I just, um, you know, Iowa circled the wagons this week a little bit, but you just wonder how when the, these injuries are going to eventually kind of catch up with you and you wonder if it might you know you, you can ride the emotions during a game when injuries hit but after they settle in it gets a little tougher to to, to keep moving forward so we'll see what what happens but um i suspect a low scoring and tight game maybe first one to 20 wins should be interesting thomas look forward to seeing you in beautiful Kinnick Stadium, buddy. On the far end of Main Street in downtown Lafayette, you'll find East End Grill, Industrial and Classic. The restaurant is built like a steakhouse, but handles like a bistro. East End Grill's menu includes creative starters, simple chopped salads, burgers, fresh fish, and steaks, and the signature shrimp and grits. The staff prepares every item from scratch and emphasizes simple meals that incorporate fresh, local, and seasonal ingredients. A warm and inviting dining room features a cozy bar that includes a great selection of craft beer, inspired cocktails, and a robust and expanding wine list. Whatever your entertainment needs are, a cocktail at the bar, dinner with family, or a special event in the private dining room, the energized and attentive staff is here for you. Eastern Grill in downtown Lafayette, welcome to our table. 
When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. AcrePro Midwest Farm Group is your local farmland specialist. With decades of experience in Indiana agriculture, no one knows the market better. Whether you're doing a 1031 exchange or simply buying and selling farmland, your local AcrePro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. Visit AcrePro.com or call 765-775-6502 and talk to your local land expert today. Again, 765-775-6502. At Purdue Federal Credit Union, it's about a relationship. A relationship that goes where you go, wherever you are in life. A relationship that's committed to free financial wellness resources, lower fees, and innovative digital banking solutions. Because we believe in people helping people. Let's build your financial future together. Purdue Federal Credit Union, your trusted financial partner for life. Federally insured by NCUA. This is the Golden Black Radio pregame show, the most in-depth guide to Saturday's game you'll find, featuring the staff of Golden Black. Let's bring in Brian Uber to get his perspective on the Boilermakers as we turn over to October with Purdue playing Iowa at 3.30 Eastern time on Saturday. Brian, you wrote it a little bit this week on the site of goldenblack.com, you know, about Ryan Walters and how he has stayed, at least in the, to our vantage point, pretty even keeled through the start of this season, which has been up and down. Uh, but, you know, probably a good characteristic to have for a head coach, especially a new head coach, especially a young head coach, but Walter seemingly has had that through the first five games of his career. Yeah, it's sort of one of those um, early temperature checks on coaches to, well, A, see if they're qualified for one thing, but B, just kind of uh, a good way to assess their chance to be successful. Not like no. guarantee they will or won't be successful, but whether they have a chance to be successful because the guys who – treat every win like they just won the heavyweight title or freak out over every, over every loss. Those are guys that are far less likely, I think, to be long-term viable uh, yeah. in, in terms of success. You remember, you know, we keep going back to age-old Purdue football eras here for our perspective, but before, you know, after Purdue lost to Toledo um, under Joe Tiller, he famously – was very poised, very even keeled and very positive with his team. And I think that set a good example for them. Um, I think Ryan Walters, and I, I can't speak to what he is behind the scenes because I'm not there. I can't speak to what he is on the practice field because I'm not there, but I can speak to what he does within public view, whether it's press conferences, games, whatever it might be. He just doesn't seem like he, he really, he really changes. I, th I think it's it's a really good sign when a young coach is like that. I think it's a really good sign when a young coach talks about the need to improve after wins mm -hmm. um, because that means they're looking at a big picture and not just a fun Saturday night. Um, so that was my impression after the Fresno State game. That was my impression after the Virginia Tech game. That was my impression after the Syracuse and Wisconsin games. And most significantly, that was my impression after the uh, uh, Illinois game. Yeah. Yeah, those two guys who came after Joe Tiller, maybe not quite as even keeled 
as uh, as Joe, uh, especially the well, one right after him. Uh, well, <laughs> to say the least. Well, Daryl was even keeled. He just every every game was the same. You know. Was, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Another thing you like to see, I think, out of a young coach, really of any coach, uh, but is a is a is a measured willingness to to make adjustments. I think, uh, and I say measured because you know you, you have to balance that being even keeled with also uh, recognizing that that you got to do something a little bit different. Um, and so I I think that you have to give Brian Walters some credit for. Uh, you know, changing some of the coaching assignments, uh, putting Graham Harrell and Kevin Kane up in uh, the the the, uh, the booth, uh, and clearly it seemed at least for one game that move really helped Purdue. Uh, I think it's good to see that a young coach is is willing to sort of um, what do that self evaluation uh, this early in a season and make those changes. Well, just when any coach basically concedes that he doesn't have all the answers yeah um i think that speaks to his ability to do the job um if that makes sense you know you could look at the whole defensive play calling thing two ways one he's open to change or b he's a control freak um <laughs> and just says to hell with it i'll yeah. do it myself um i think he's probably more in his comfort zone right now I think he's used to calling defenses. That would be my guess anyway. So it came natural to him. Um, I do think as a long-term solution, it's a lot to ask of head coaches to also call an offense or a defense. Um, but the fact that, you know, he – I wouldn't necessarily say he, he burned it all down after a couple of losses, but he, he was willing to make some – significant changes which means that you know he spent those days between wisconsin and, and illinois really self-evaluating really auditing everything they were doing and making bold decisions which is you know one of the harder parts of the job i'd have to imagine purdue's got a real chance on saturday i think to prove that last saturday wasn't just a victory against a bad opponent but in fact was a good win when you would be able to follow that up with another road victory against a traditionally quality opponent in Iowa. It seems like a, a real opportunity for Purdue here in a game that it's only a narrow underdog. Yeah. Uh, you know, Purdue's had a lot of success against Iowa. Um, obviously things have changed at Purdue. Things have changed at Iowa. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, anytime you can go on the road and, and beat a good program and, you know, not just a good team. I, I think it's a good win anytime you be a good program. Um, that's a big deal. Uh, you have to be really disciplined to beat Iowa. Typically, um, you got to be able to score against the physical defense. You got to be able to not beat yourself, and uh, you have to do a lot of things right. And it's it's always it's always a test um, when you play Iowa. So, um, yeah. Uh, Great test of produced discipline, great test of produced preparation, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Thanks, Brian. Yep. Let's take a break. Back with more here in a moment. This is Golden Black Radio. Designing and building since 1968, TNW has changed the way people think about construction. 
TNW's three-stage approach to designing and building is unmatched throughout the construction industry. Learn more about TNW's people, passion, and projects at TWDesignBuild.com. Experience unparalleled comfort, service, and cuisine at the Whitaker Inn. This Midwestern oasis is perfect for a relaxing staycation or weekend getaway. Escape from the ordinary at the Whitaker Inn. What else is going on around the league? Let's take a look. It's the Big Ten Roundup. Let's bring in Alan Kerper to talk some Big Ten football, five games outside of the one in Iowa City. We'll start off and briefly talk about the Friday night game, Nebraska and Illinois, two teams who play in the Big Ten West and two teams who are 0-2 in the Big Ten. Uh, This game in Champaign, 8 o'clock on Friday night. Uh, Illinois is a slight favorite, basically getting the home three plus a half a point. Man, both of these teams, Al, have some issues. One of them will have to win the game on Friday night. They will, because they will play it out to it ends. Um, and, uh, it, you know, it's it's funny because we thought both these teams were going to be much better, though Nebraska, that's been an annual annual deal. Uh, Matt Rule, I I think we'll get them going at some point in time, but Nebraska and Nebraska slowed down its turnover problems, but they just haven't been, you know, they've been just, just been awful, but so is Illinois. So, uh, I think it's going to be a game where it may be the first one to, to not make the mistake, uh, um, and make the mistakes at the right time. We'll win it. Both teams are desperate for wins. Uh, but I sure wasn't impressed, very impressed with Illinois last week. How could you be in that 44-19 loss? Uh, and yet I think Illinois uh, gets out of there with a lie, a lie, but I don't know. I'm not sure why. I just think they will. Not often are we excited about Maryland and Ohio State, but this one might be a good one at noon on Saturday. Ohio State is a heavy favorite. The fourth-ranked Buckeyes coming in undefeated at 4-0. 20-point favorites against the Terps, but Maryland's 5-0, 2-0 in the Big Ten. Talia Tungavailoa has been great, nearly 1,500 yards passing in five games with 13 touchdowns. Uh, I, I, You know, I, I think this could be a sneaky good game. If Maryland can put points on the board uh, and force Ohio State to have to keep up, you know, maybe the Terps can make a game of this in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously they don't have – uh, still, I mean, they have wins, but over Michigan State and Indiana, and that's doesn't cause anybody to 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 want to crown the Terps just yet. But they have, you know, they forced twelve turnovers uh, in their last four games. They're number what number two in the nation in turnover margin. If they can make Ohio State make some mistakes, and uh, and uh, and they've got a quarterback like you said that uh, can can spin it with just about anybody. I, I you know, I, I just think the twenty point spread seems like a lot to me, uh, and yet maybe Ohio State tends to use. Ohio State doesn't have that many marquee games on their schedule, mainly because they're so good. I mean, Penn State certainly and Michigan, but this is one that they can't take can't take uh, for granted and Ohio state needs to uh, you know, they didn't turn the ball over against Notre Dame. Uh, and if they can stop doing that against, uh, and, and it got them the win in the last second and it, as it turned out. Uh, and I think that uh, it'll be enough for the Buckeyes to win, but I'm not sure they win by that more than that 20 points that, or whatever the line is heading into Saturday's game. 
you know, should be a high scoring game to over under is 57. Yeah. Uh, also a noon game in Madison as my uh, projection for the best team in the big 10 West in Wisconsin at three and one, one to know in the big 10 will take on my projection for the second best team in the big 10 West, even though it plays in the East in Rutgers <laughs> four and one, one and one in the big 10 for the Scarlet Knights. Wisconsin's favored by a couple of touchdowns, nearly a couple of touchdowns, 13 points. And this one, I, I don't know, man. I think Rutgers has played pretty well. Rutgers to me feels like the kind of team that's going to be in a lot of these type of games. Now, whether whether we'll be in, you know, against Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, we'll see about that. But uh, this feels like the kind of game that that perhaps the Scarlet Knights can hang in there a little bit, maybe even a little closer in those two touchdowns. Yeah, I, it, if if your if your theorem is correct, then they will, right? Uh, it should be if they are the second best team and. You know, I, I don't know. I'm, I I think it's it is the it's the Peacock prelim for Purdue, so it's the game at noon on on uh, on yeah. Peacock, but uh, uh, noon Eastern, I should say. Yeah, I I think I, Wisconsin is the leader in the clubhouse and may maybe really be able to put itself in really good shape uh, for the uh, West Division just because you know it has Iowa next week. It's beaten Purdue, and I don't know. It, it's ludicrous, right? Just yet to call Purdue a real contender in the in the big 10 west but who else is you know outside of wisconsin so uh that's what's going to be with you know iowa's already got to uh you know got a conference loss as well so that's uh that's what's going to be interesting and and i think you have to uh think i think wisconsin's got a little too many wet weapons with uh, braylon allen uh and the ability with tanner mordecai to be able to throw the football uh and move the football they'll get the job done and i and i just sense with luke fickle that this uh, this uh, program is going to continue to get better. They're going to look better they, at the end of the year than they did at the start. So, uh, and yet their only their start was a loss to Washington State. So on the road, which is, isn't all that bad. So yeah, I like Wisconsin this one. Maybe a little bit under that thirteen points, but uh, uh, I think they get the job done. Should be a huge crowd in Evanston at three o'clock <laughs> on Saturday as Northwestern two and three welcomes in Howard, uh, which is two and two. No line on this one um what do you got for me here al no words to describe that matchup uh either <laughs> but uh no i mean uh, northwestern is an interesting story just because again going back to beating minnesota and yes i know they got throttled last week by penn state but they did start out and played pretty good and you know, again, I kind of look at the rest of the schedule in every Big Ten game, like what role, what effect is it going to have on Purdue? Now, uh, Howard Northwestern's not going to, may not do that, but, uh, you, you know, Purdue's going to have to go up to Northwestern. It's a game that everybody's marking down as a win in, in the third week in November. Uh, the Boilermakers have to do that, but I don't think that Howard North, at Northwestern's going to give you much of an indication <laughs> Uh, I think Northwestern, I, I don't know enough about Howard to even enter a great opinion. And apparently with no line uh, or not, there's nobody else is real confident in what to see. What they'll see. <laughs> Northwestern will get the job done at some point. Uh, to Northwestern's credit, a chance to be three and three through the first six okay. games. And I don't think a lot of us would have thought that. that no, would be the case. I mean, I thought they were headed back to where they were last year, one and 11. And uh, and uh, to their credit, they're, they, they right. Three wins is a heck of an accomplishment for a program that is that is uh, in disarray, at least based on the, the start of the season. 7.30 game on Saturday, the primetime game, number two, Michigan traveling to uh, Minnesota. The Wolverines are undefeated 5-0, 2-0 in the Big Ten. 
Minnesota has been rather pedestrian three and two, one and one in conference play. I know it was just at Nebraska last week, but Michigan just really throttled the Cornhuskers 45 to seven, maybe the most impressive performance for Michigan uh, this season. And Minnesota just feels very meh. Uh, to me here halfway through the year. Michigan's favored by 18 and a half points. Feels like a game the Wolverines should be able to go in there and cruise. Yeah, it is a rivalry game more for Minnesota than it is but if the little brown jug or whatever they play. That's what they do play for. Uh, it's more for Minnesota. I think that could fuel them. P.J. Fleck is good at getting his team to do that, but they just don't have good quarterback play or yeah. at least consistent. And I, and I don't see how you beat Michigan uh, over four quarters uh, without being able to do that. I think Minnesota can be good defensively. They can run the football, but Minnesota, Michigan's defense is, is as good as anybody's uh, in the Big Ten and in the country, if you maybe Penn State and Michigan are the two best. So this is a uh, – I, I guess I just – Part of me says P.J. Fleck could have them rise up for a while, but I just don't think they can do it for long enough to, to make this even a, a four-quarter game. That's the Big Ten Roundup for Week 6. Let's go back in time. With a historical look, here's Alan Karthik. All right, Al, let's take a historical look at Purdue and Iowa. The Boilermakers have won here recently in Iowa City, including two of the last three games. Over there, some pretty good luck for the Boilers. Yeah, I haven't had that luck, that luck or, or success, I should say, since uh, 99-year-old Jimmy Carter was president, I think. It was the last time they won uh, <laughs> two out of three uh, in Iowa City. But, yes, and, and, you know, you think about that, Kyle, the 21-game, you know, the fact that they, you know, Iowa was ranked second in the country uh, and Purdue wins that game was really pretty historic that Purdue wins that game. And easily, really, 24-7, won that one relatively going away. There was not really a lot of doubt in the fourth quarter. And then, of course, the game in, in 17 that really was huge for Jeff Brom because uh, legendary receiver Anthony Mahungu, you know, and yeah. they went after the the uh, Iowa corner at the right time. He made a couple big plays to start the second half, and Purdue got out of there with when they thought that they were going to lose. Everybody thought they'd lose that game and not be bowl eligible. They won it uh, and got bowl eligible, and that was really important for the launching of Jeff Brom uh, for winning that game there. And then, of course, back in 2012, who could forget? Paul Griggs game winner at the buzzer, 46-yard field goal as Danny Hope uh, won all those games, which made it just all that much harder for Morgan Burke to send him walking after the season. I think Danny Hope won that game and then wagged his finger at everybody uh, in the in the post game, if I recall. Yes, he did, and I think <laughs> it was a mistake. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yes, I, the, the, the win over number two, Iowa, uh, I remember that game, of course, obviously, but also the tweet by Purdue afterward, which was excellent. Uh, I believe, unless I'm misremembering, was uh, what Purdue kicked the number two out of Iowa or something yeah. like that. Uh, just a great tweet by Purdue, one that went viral. And uh, certainly in, in recent Purdue history, a uh, a pretty pretty good moment. It was a pretty good moment because uh, uh, you don't beat – they have beat top five ranked teams on the road – I think only what two or three times in the last uh, 50 years and going back to the 1974 Notre Dame game and then a win over Stanford in 1970. And then 
this one in 2021. Aiden O'Connell really drew his job. And that was a great tweet. I don't know if it was Patrick Crawford. Who takes credit for it? But somebody was thinking. And uh, that was a great tweet. You know, this in the, in the series has been interesting over the years. You know, Purdue dominated from 1960 to 1980. But really since Hayden Fry got there, pretty much in 1979 that uh, that uh, in the 80s and 90s and pretty much up to recent times, Iowa has dominated. Kirk Ferentz has, for the most part, has dominated Purdue, certainly in Iowa City. Uh, so it, it is uh, these former rivals in the Legends and Leaders days, days of the Big Ten. Uh, who will ever forget that? Uh, that, uh, they, you know, they'll probably remain uh, somewhat. Uh, I don't know how the schedules are going to work. I haven't committed that to memory yet, Kyle. Have you? And, <laughs> no. uh, um, it'll be interesting to see how they play. But they are. Uh, it, it will be uh, an interesting game and a, and a chance if, if Purdue can get the win to maybe this will be a foundational game for Ryan Walters as he builds his program. That's a historical look at Purdue and Iowa. Thanks, Al. Thanks, Kyle. We'll take a break. Back with more here on the Golden Black Radio pregame podcast. On the far end of Main Street in downtown Lafayette, you'll find East End Grill, industrial and classic. The restaurant is built like a steakhouse, but handles like a bistro. East End Grill's menu includes creative starters, simple chopped salads, burgers, fresh fish, and steaks, and the signature shrimp and grits. The staff prepares every item from scratch and emphasizes simple meals that incorporate fresh, local, and seasonal ingredients. A warm and inviting dining room features a cozy bar that includes a great selection of craft beer, inspired cocktails, and a robust and expanding wine list. Whatever your entertainment needs are, a cocktail at the bar, dinner with family, or a special event in the private dining room, the energized and attentive staff is here for you. Eastern Grill in downtown Lafayette, welcome to our table. When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. AcrePro Midwest Farm Group is your local farmland specialist. With decades of experience in Indiana agriculture, no one knows the market better. Whether you're doing a 1031 exchange or simply buying and selling farmland, your local AcrePro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. Visit AcrePro.com or call 765-775-6502 and talk to your local land expert today. Again, 765-775-6502. At Purdue Federal Credit Union, it's about a relationship. A relationship that goes where you go, wherever you are in life. A relationship that's committed to free financial wellness resources, lower fees, and innovative digital banking solutions. Because we believe in people helping people. Let's build your financial future together. Purdue Federal Credit Union, your trusted financial partner for life. Federally insured by NCUA. Broadcasting from Golden Black World Headquarters, north of Purdue's campus, this is the Golden Black Radio Pregame Show. Tom, let's talk some matchups for the Boilermakers and the Hawkeyes. Uh, I think whenever you talk about Iowa, a couple things, right? These days, you talk about Brian Ferentz and the bad offense. But for the last 20, 25 years, you've talked about defense and special teams and how those units for Iowa are historically really good and historically can be game changers uh, for the Hawkeyes as well. When Iowa is good, it's because those two units are really good. And uh, it just always seems like something happens in a game on on uh, Iowa defensively, Iowa on special teams. It gives the Hawkeyes an edge. Purdue certainly has to be on alert for those type of things on Saturday. 
Yeah, you got to tip your hat. Uh, a well-coached team typically doesn't beat itself. The Iowa Hawkeyes, Kirk Ferentz, you know, he's been there. I think this is 23rd year. Got the job in 1999. I always had two head coaches since 1979. It's amazing to think about, Kyle. Hayden Fry and Kirk Ferentz. So, um, yeah, man, those special teams. You know, Purdue and Iowa are the only two teams in the Big Ten this year that have scored a touchdown in all three phases of the game, offense, defense, and special teams. And, yeah, we've seen this Iowa defense with the pick sixes, the scoop and scores to break the back of opponents, the, the punt returns, the kickoff returns, the block kicks for touchdowns. Um, they find a way. They're very resourceful. It's, it's not an accident as it continues to happen year after year. So you always have to be mindful of that. And, uh, again, may make Iowa try to beat you with its offense. And, and that offense, we, we talked about a little bit earlier, um, and then they're banged up. Uh, the wide receiving core is rather pedestrian. The best tight end is out. Uh, the running backs have been a little nicked up, too. And, of course, the backup quarterback, Deacon Hill, he started his career at Wisconsin. He's going to transfer to Fordham. But Iowa talked him into coming to Iowa City. And now look at these. He's, he's a starting quarterback with, with, with McNamara out for the season with, a, with, with an injury. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if, if some of that Iowa defense and special team magic rears its head on Saturday when this game kicks off at 2.30 Central Time uh, on Peacock. You know, we're not going to list through all the uh, backup quarterbacks who have tormented oh, yeah. <laughs> the Boilermakers over the years. It is uh, quite a lengthy list and is, is frustrating. Rocky Lombardi is on that list. He's still somehow playing college football, which seems incredible <laughs> to me. That seems like 100 years ago yeah. uh, that, that his Michigan State squad came out there and beat Purdue. But – Look, Purdue's got to get after Deacon Hill, right? I mean, it, it, yeah. it, the Boilermakers were excellent last week in, uh, in harassing Luke Altmaier, the quarterback for the fighting Illini. If Purdue can do something similar to that, it seems like it will really cause Hill some issues on Saturday and, and, and might cause a turnover or two in the game as well. And yeah. Maybe it's the Boilermakers who can get an edge uh, defensively in this contest. Yeah, no doubt. And um... – you know, you always want to get a lead, right? But for, for Purdue to get a lead in this game, I think it's even more critical. If, you, if they make Iowa try to play from behind, Kyle, and chase Purdue, have to throw the football, my gosh, you think they would play right in Ryan Walter's hands in that defense. They could really dial it up and get after this kick. Because, again, 6'3", about 250, 260, not the most fleet of foot quarterback, the kind of guy that could be a sitting target back there, and a very inexperienced quarterback, too. Was, this would be his first start ever. So. Again, if Purdue can get a lead and not let Iowa run the football, you know that's what they want to try to do, take all the pressure off this kid and try to run the football and only pass when they want to pass. Well, Purdue's got to make Deacon Hill pass uh, when everybody knows he wants to pass. So we'll see. The Boilers can use their ground game, get a lead, control the clock, and then make Iowa try to throw the ball to catch up and then and dial it up and get after, get after him and try to get some pressure, maybe get some turnovers themselves. All right, Tom, prediction time. Who you got on Saturday? I'm, I'm going with the episode. I, I had Purdue 20, Iowa 19. I still think it's going to be close. I think the Boilers find a way to squeeze this one out up there on homecoming for Iowa. It's kind of crazy. They've won two of the last three times they've been up there. Not that history matters, but it's kind of fun to think about. This could be three out of four wins up there in Iowa City. Of course, who can forget the last time they won 24-7 to to over the number two ranked Hawkeyes and David Bell went crazy. Yeah, those fun games, certainly. I've got Iowa uh, 21 to 20. Uh, you know, we're both picking one-point games here. 
clearly I think Purdue can win this game. I, I just have trouble uh, picking the Boilermakers. It's been sort of up and down here for Purdue through September. Um, to me, I, I think Purdue's got to go out there and prove it to me a little bit here that uh, I don't want to say that, that what Purdue did against Illinois was because of Illinois. Purdue did a lot really well in that game. Um, but I want to see Purdue sort of validate that victory by going on the road and beating a good but not great Iowa team uh, that is limited uh, but can do some things, especially at home to win football games. If Purdue can do that, then, uh, then you know, I think that's a real eye-opener about where this team is through the first six games. You could say that it, you know, it's had some ups and downs but has this thing headed in the right direction. I think clearly that would be a, a, a really good sign for Ryan Walters, for his team, and for this program. If Purdue's able to do that, I just think Iowa will find a way at home, as they often do, and and will win a, will win a close one. Yeah, good points. We we talked off the air about that 2002 game up there, the Dallas Clark game, and I remember the 1997 game. The first time Tiller got up there, they had that thing close for a while. Before Tim Dwight ran a punt back, I think in the second half. So yeah, they've they they they, 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 they can battle them close a lot of times up there, but a lot, as you said, Kyle, a lot of times Iowa finds a way to. Even if they don't have the better team on oh. roster wise, they was always still sometimes find a way to to, to deke out wins like this. Sounds good, Tom. Thank you. Take care, buddy. That'll do it for our podcast for this week. A thanks to our sponsors. As always, if you do like the podcast, please rate us five stars on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a comment as well. All right, that'll do it for our show for Tom Deanhard, Brian Hubert, and Alan Kerpik. I'm Kyle Charters. Thanks for listening. This is Gold Black Radio. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.